putting together one championship team's not good enough. You need to have a passion project on the side. Goody, you want a passion project? Bake your own bread or start a podcast. Buy a fishing pole like a normal person. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. I am so excited for the Super Bowl that's coming up on Sunday. I can't wait. It's going to be an awesome game. These two teams are both very good. The GOAT or whatever. Tom Brady versus the young GOAT. Patrick Mahomes, both rosters are really good and exciting, and Andy Reid's creative, and we're no doubt going to see a, a fun game on Sunday. A lot of good players. And I, I'm excited for the halftime show, which normally I could take or leave. I'm very excited to watch the weekend play on Sunday afternoon, too. I'm excited for the food. I'm I'm going to go all out this weekend. A couple of dips, maybe some chicken wings, maybe get the crock pot out, make some chili. Like, I, I can't wait. I love the Super Bowl, and I'm glad the Super Bowl is on this weekend because it's going to be freezing cold. It's not like I can go outside and do anything anyway. So great. I I can't wait. I'm excited. I I cannot wait to wake up on Sunday and watch this game. But I got to be honest. I'm really not interested in in talking about it that much. Like, I don't don't have anything to say. Like, oh, good. Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl again. Wonderful. Oh, great. The Chiefs are, they're in it again. Okay, great. Wonderful. Like, I I don't know. I, I don't have much to say about the Super Bowl. I wish we could dig into the prop bets and... Try to guess whether they're going to dump orange or blue Gatorade on the coach. But I just, no, I, I'm sorry. Not doing it for me. So we're going to talk about other things today. Talk about the Brewers. Talk about the Packers. One of the Packers' rivals, the Bears, are in the news today. Because they're trying to trade for another overpriced, no good quarterback. Well, it's I mean, it's the day ends in Y. So, of course, the Bears are doing that. But we have a lot to talk about today. And, and we'll do a couple of minutes on the Super Bowl here and there. But... By and large, we're going to stick to our Wisconsin sports teams because I don't really have that much interesting stuff to say about the Super Bowl. Can't wait to watch. Can't wait to eat like a pig and knock it off my couch. But I don't know. Buccaneers, Chiefs, I don't got that much to say. It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I am glad you were hanging out. Happy Friday. I hope your weekend is off to a good start. Tonight's show is going to be really, really fun. Talking about the Brewers more and their new second baseman and maybe, just maybe, making another addition. Maybe something's... Coming in the next couple of days or weeks. Who knows? We'll talk about that. Talk about uh, the Packers through the words of, of Brett Favre. Brett Favre, God bless his soul, spoke to the media this week. Don't know why. I don't know who's in charge of his PR. But he spoke to the media and said some controversial things, of course. So I want to talk about Brett Favre, talk about the Packers. And maybe, just maybe, who knows? By 6 o'clock, the Packers will have a new defensive coordinator. So we'll talk about that, too. We're also going to be joined by our good friend Ebo coming up at 430 does mornings on our affiliate Madison, The Zone. So we'll talk to Ebo and I don't know, he's probably tweaking his Bloody Mary recipe for Sunday. The anytime drink, as Ebo I'm sure will lecture us. So we'll speak with Ebo about the Super Bowl and the Brewers and everything else going on coming up at 4.30. Love to speak with you, 608-796-2558. That is the number. Our friend Thomas texted in already. He's jumping the gun at at 4 o'clock sharp and says, yes, big rivalry tonight, Logan and Central. It is a great inner city rivalry. Yes, that game is tonight, and Thomas is jacked. Uh, that game will be on uh, WKTY here in Lacrosse. You can watch on the website too. And maybe you're in Madison, you just love high school basketball. You want a good rivalry? Yes, Central and Logan do play tonight, and I appreciate you reaching out, Thomas, and appreciate you listening. As always, I, I want to start with the Brewers today. I know a lot of shows are talking about the Super Bowl and look at prop bets and over unders, and I just I don't know. 
Not really doing it for me. I'm very excited about the Brewers right now. And today, they made the Colton Wong deal official. The team announced it and, you know, officially official, which used to be a foregone conclusion. I remember a time when uh, a national insider would tweet that a deal happened and it was official. You could trust it. But then Bogdan Bogdanovich came along. We have PTSD. We're going to be skeptical of any deal that happens from now until the end of time. But yes, the, the deal did become official. And the Brewers announced the financials too. Two years, $18 million, uh, And it includes a $1 million signing bonus and $7 million salary this year, five of which is deferred to the future. So the Brewers are barely paying him anything this year, which leaves a little flexibility. Maybe to add a third baseman, huh? Maybe, just maybe. I know they're in on Justin Turner. And the Dodgers allocated huge money today to Trevor Bauer. Two years, $85 million. So I hope, God, I hope, please, that takes the Dodgers out of the running for Justin Turner. But who knows? They're made of money. So maybe they'll just re-sign him anyways. But the deal that was signed with Colton Wong and the way the deal was structured and the financials came out today, it does leave the door open a little bit. The Brewers maybe have a little bit of leftover money to get that corner infielder or make the team just a little bit better. David Stearns also spoke to the media today, and and we'll hear from him coming up in about 20 minutes. I want to read you some of his comments right now because his comments today confirmed some of our assumptions on the show yesterday. And I always like to be proven correct, right, don't you? It's a good feeling when we have a conversation on the show and we're making guesses and assumptions, and then we're, we're proven to be correct. It's a good feeling for this community on the Wisco Sports Show. Number one thing that David Stearns addressed was Keston Hira's move to first base. That, that's that's locked in. Um, Stearns confirmed it. There was no speculation at all. The, the quote that jumped out to me was, we believe he can do this, which I know that's supposed to instill confidence. I I don't know. I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse about Keston here moving to first base. It should be a relatively easy position to learn. Keston here has spoken about it with enthusiasm. I think everybody's excited about that move, and, and hopefully it turns out to be a good one. For Keston Hira. But yes, Colton Wong will be second base. Keston Hira will move to first. David Stearns also meant, uh, or he mentioned rather, Colton Wong's offensive skill set. And I think it really doubles down and confirms what we've talked about for the last two days. This is the quote. Colton's skill set adds to our club in a variety of ways. He has established himself as one of the best defenders in all of baseball. He also offers a well-balanced offensive approach that will serve as an additional on-base presence to our lineup. We talked about this yesterday and the day before. Their lineup needs a stabilizer. Need the on-base guy. And they don't have the on-base guy right now. Maybe, just maybe, Lorenzo Kane comes back and joins the lineup and he's his old self and he's getting on base. Awesome, great. But last year, the, the Brewers' offense was so inconsistent and it could be hot and cold, cold more often than it was hot, because so many of these hitters rely on hitting home runs. So many strikeouts. So when the offense was stuck in the mud, it was stuck in the mud and adding a bat like Colton Wong to be on base and to always be active and, and to be pressuring the opposing pitcher. That's something this Brewers lineup needs. It needs a stabilizer. And David Stearns all but came out and said that today. So I feel like we've been proven right. It's a good feeling, right? Now, the way I see it, to build off a conversation we had yesterday, the Brewers are at a crossroads, which got me thinking about um the Eric Clapton song. Well, I guess it's not Eric Clapton. And we should probably just ignore Eric Clapton now because aren't we canceling him? The racist comments came out about him using the uh, the N-word in the 60s, right? So have we canceled Eric Clapton and we decided about that? I know we're in the process of canceling Morgan Wallen for the same thing. Now, I I really like the Cream version of the song Crossroads. I, I saved it today. Yeah. 
It's just an iconic lick, you know? Down at the crossroads. The Brewers are at a crossroads. At least that's the way I see it. And there are worse places to be. Like, they could be the Pirates. The Pirates are just plain bad. They have transformed into an absolute poverty franchise in the last couple of months. So the Brewers could be in a worse place. I, I don't I don't mean that they're at a crossroads in a bad way. My point is the Brewers can go a few different ways over the next two months. The rest of the offseason and then into spring training. The Brewers have a couple of decisions. I think some of these decisions could be good. Some of them would be bad. I, I think the Brewers could go all in to try to win this year. And I don't think... This is as insane as some people might think. It, it makes sense. If the Brewers wanted to go in all in this year and next year, the window is now. I don't think it's as insane as some people might think. Lorenzo Kane is aging, so you want to maximize him. The Cubs have taken a step back. The Brewers just added Colton Wong, which subtracts from the Cardinals. I know the Cardinals got better too, but I, I don't think they're out of striking distance of the Brewers. You might not think that this team is World Series material, but we didn't think that in 2018 either when the year started, right? Like the Brewers added Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain and we thought, okay, step in the right direction. This team should be better this year. But but nobody thought that they were going to play their way to game seven of the NLCS at home and have a lead. Keeps me up at night. I think this Brewers team is is closer to being a contender than some of us might think. I think they're a third baseman and a midseason trade away. That's very reasonable. The Brewers go out and get a third baseman. Let's say they add Justin Turner. Okay, that makes them a really good team. Then you play a couple of months, you realize what you need, and you address it at the trade deadline. All right, there you go. You go and chase a pennant. That's really realistic. I don't think the Brewers have to jump through very many hoops to be a contender this year. And I think going all in is an interesting idea, especially given the age of Lorenzo Cain and what the Cubs are doing and their addition of Colton Wong. The Brewers could go all in. They could also take a step back. And I don't think this is crazy either. Right? It's a pandemic year. So fans are going to go to games regardless. I don't care if the Brewers are the worst baseball team I've ever seen. I'm going to do my best to get to American Family Field this year. I want to go to a game. I want to tailgate and be out in the sun and and be in American Family Field. The team this year is is secondary in that regard. I'll make a trip. I'll get a ticket and I'll go if they're good or bad. And I think a lot of fans will be in the same spot. So if the Brewers want to take a step back, I don't think it will hurt them financially. And if the Brewers want to take a step back this year... Okay, their young core, Yelich, Hira, Burns, Woody, Hauser, Williams, they're all locked up for the next couple of years anyways. It's not like you're losing all these players like the Packers are in free agency. And the biggest bullet point, the biggest argument for the Brewers possibly taking a step back is the Brewers could deal Josh Hader for prospects, which they desperately need. They don't really have much going on in their farm system. So they could deal Hader and still have Yelich, Hira, Burns, Woody, Hauser, Williams. Their core remains for the next couple of years. But they could deal Hader in the short term for prospects and get a big haul in return. And the Brewers kind of need prospects. They need ammo. They've depleted that farm system over the last couple of years. Those are my two preferred options. Either go all in and try to win this year or take a tiny step back and deal Josh Hader. You don't have to tear the rest of your team down. Just trade Josh Hader, which would represent a significant step back, but it's only one player. Those are my two preferred options. Either go for it or take a step back by trading Josh Hader. The Brewers could also stand pat. You added Colton Wong, nothing else. They could do that. But I don't think it makes much sense. I think the Brewers should either go for it or take a tiny step back and reassess by trading Josh Hader. I don't think they should do nothing. I don't think they should stand pat. Because let's let's think about it. Let's say the Brewers don't do a single thing more. They don't get a third baseman. They don't make a midseason trade. This is their team. I think this team is good enough to compete for an NL Central. 
that's about it. I, I don't see this version of this team competing with the Dodgers, although especially since they added Trevor Bauer, I don't know if anybody's going to contend with the Dodgers. Right, the Phillies, the Nationals got better, the Cardinals got better. I think the Brewers could contend for the division, say they get hot at the right time, which is kind of Craig Council's thing. He's going to coach this team up and get a couple of extra wins out of them. All right, they could get hot and win the division. I think it's more realistic that they maybe grab a wild card and they're probably beaten by some powerhouse team in the postseason. And that's fine. That's fun. But that's what the Brewers have done the last couple of years. And as I explained yesterday, I'm not I'm not really about the playoff berths. Not really about the division championships anymore. The Bucks have come close. The Packers, the Badgers, the Brewers have all come close. I, I want one of my teams to make a championship. I want one of my teams to win a championship. That's what this is all about. So standing pat with this team and getting hot at the right time and making the postseason, yeah, that'd be great, but the Brewers wouldn't be any closer to accomplishing their ultimate goal, which is winning a World Series. And if the Brewers do make the playoffs, they're ousted in the first and second round, they are in the exact same spot at this moment next year, except Josh Hader is worth less, the Brewers still have no prospects, and they're wondering in February of this time next year still what they should do. That's what worries me. If this team stands pat as they are, they don't trade Hader, they don't make another move, they might sneak into the postseason. Great, awesome. But they've done that the last couple of years. And then you're left with a less valuable Josh Hader, still no prospects, and you're in the same spot next year on February 5th as you are today on February 5th. The Brewers should either go for it or they should take a tiny step back and trade Josh Hader. I think it's very important at this moment for the Brewers to be deliberate and to be very clear about what they want to do. Because I think the opportunity is there this year. I don't, I don't think they're that far off from being a contender in the NL. But if they're not serious about contending this year, and I mean contending for a World Series, I think it makes sense to trade Josh Hader. And I love Josh Hader. He pairs so perfectly with Craig Council, who you all know that I just love. He's a perfect weapon for this team. But at some point, I'm, I'm kind of over just skirting into the playoffs and, and getting eliminated by a better team. We're either going for it or we're not. And the Brewers need to make that decision. Making that decision and being decisive bodes well for the team for the next two, three, four years. And timing is important here, especially with Josh Hader. And we got to take a break, but coming up next, I want to explain to you. We assume that superstars are always going to fetch a huge return. Oh, the Brewers who trade Josh Hader whenever, they'll, they'll get a haul. That's not really the case, and that hasn't been the case, especially over the last year in Major League Baseball. You don't always get the haul that you think you're going to get for your superstar player. I want to continue to talk about the Brewers, Colton Wong, Josh Hader, and the direction of the team this year and in 2022 and beyond. Let's take a break. Keep talking Brewers here on the Wisco. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. Happy Friday. My name is Grant Bills, and I am your host. Thanks for hanging out. Hope your weekend is off to a good start. A little breaking news that I know you're all sitting on pins and needles waiting for. Uh, Jonathan Scope has re-signed with the the Detroit Tigers. The Nikola Miritich to the Milwaukee Brewers. Mid-season acquisition that just never really panned out. Although, to be fair to Jonathan Scope, he did hit a pretty badass home run off of uh, Madison Bumgarner after Bumgarner hit Braun. Like, that was a cool moment, but other than that, yeah. Thank you very much, Jonathan Scope. I would love Jonathan VR back uh, if we're talking about former Brewer second baseman that left us too early. I want to talk about Johnny VR, not Johnny Scope. Jonathan, that is, much like Jonathan Davis. 608-796-2558. That's the number if you want to join the show. Uh, Thomas reached out right at 4 o'clock. I love that you're so prompt, Thomas. You got to be first first out of the shoot as the big unit 
uh, would say, rest in peace to the big unit. Uh, Brett, our friend, says uh, Miller Park. Without context, I'm assuming you just didn't like me calling it American Family Field. I had to check myself because I'm 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 going to say Miller Park on accident so many times. It's going to be a a tough transition. I just I'm a park guy. I like park Petco Park. I like that. It's got a nice ring. Field. Uh, now we're getting into football territory. Lambeau Field, right? I, I I'm going to miss the park, but we'll get over it. I remember when the Bradley Center was torn down, and then it was named the Pfizer Forum. I remember talking to my friends who I watched the Bucks with, and we're all like, oh, I'm not calling it Pfizer. It's still the Bradley Center to me. One week later, we're calling it Pfizer. Like, we, we get over it. Change is difficult, but we'll get over it. I'm going to miss Miller Park, though. That's for sure. We're talking Brewers, and we're talking about the addition of Colton Wong. I've always been a Colton Wong guy, which pains me to say because he's been a Cardinal, but I've always been a fan of Colton Wong, and I think he brings exactly what this Brewers team needs. Analogy. Great. Thought of this this morning when I was in the shower. I think the Colton Wong signing is to the Brewers what the Drew Holiday signing was to the Bucks. It's not flashy. It's maybe not a huge name, at least maybe outside of the NL Central and outside of teams that consistently play the Cardinals. But he just he, he does the little things that a team needs. Drew Holiday can defend multiple positions. Great. The Bucks need that. It's not something that you, you know, that you write long, long articles about, and it's not something that you talk about at the bar with your friends, but it's something a team needs. Colton Wong, likewise. Might not hit for a ton of power and might not hit dongs and have a sick bat flip, but he gets on base and he hits for average. Easy. What, what did I say the other day? Like a 275 hitter over the last four years? That's something the Brewers desperately need. They have a lineup with some home run hitters, with some pop. They need people to get on base. And David Stearns and Matt Arnold and the rest of the Brewers are probably banking. Lorenzo Cain comes back a little bit healthier. He provides some of that on base once again. And Colton Wong does the same thing. Much like Drew Holiday provides the little things. Every team needs, but you might not talk about it. Right? Drew Holiday isn't throwing down unbelievable dunks every night. Maybe like Giannis. But he's making great passes. He's distributing the basketball. He's an efficient player. And he's really, really good on defense. I think Colton Wong is to the Brewers what Drew Holiday is to the Bucks, And I think we're going to get to opening day and think, oh my God, where's this guy been all my life? And that's what happened with Drew Holiday, right? Like we, we were kind of excited about the move, but I think we all collectively thought, ugh, it's a lot of picks. A lot to give up for Drew Holiday. Not Kyrie Irving, not Steph Curry, not James Harden, but Drew Holiday, who casual basketball fans might actually not know a ton about. And then we're a couple games into the Bucs season, and everybody's like, oh yeah, this is this is exactly what the Bucs needed. This is a great addition. And I think we're going to think the same thing about Colton Wong. He's going to do the little things that the Brewers really desperately need in a lineup that just needs a tiny little bit of love, tiny little bit of help. Right Here are the financial details that came out just within the last couple of hours. I think John Morosi of MLB Network had it first. Colton Wong's two years, $18 million deal with the Brewers includes a $1 million signing bonus and a $7 million salary this year, of which $5 million is deferred to 2023 and 2024. This deferment could allow the Brewers to add an additional player for 2021. Naturally, we're all thinking about Justin Turner, a possible third baseman. Uh, right, Ramirez could possibly be an option. The Brewers could make some moves, and I think the excitement over Justin Turner maybe only went up today after the Dodgers signed Trevor Bauer to a ton of money, two years, $85 million. So I hope, please, please, I hope the Dodgers are done spending money. We hope. We cross our fingers. But maybe the Dodgers are just made of money. I think they are. They paid Mookie Betts. They're paying Trevor Bauer. They're, they're getting everybody. So hopefully Justin Turner slips through the cracks and the Brewers can make him their third baseman. To start the show, I think it was very clear. The Brewers need to be deliberate. These next two months are, are really, really important. 
because these next two months could shape the next two or three years of the Brewers franchise, right? I think the Brewers need to do one of two things. They need to push more of their chips to the middle of the table and invest more in this season and next season too. Let's talk about like a one, two-year window the next two years. Or they need to trade Hater and take a tiny step back. Not a huge step back. We're not tearing it down. We're not rebuilding. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. Just taking a tiny step back by dealing Josh Hader. Those are the two options. I don't think the Brewers should stand pat. I don't think that would be good for the long term of the franchise. If they go all in, I think it makes sense. Lorenzo Cain is aging. You want to maximize him. The Cubs have taken a step back. You just added Colton Wong, which gives the team a little bit of momentum. I think we saw that in 2018. You get Yelich and you get Kane and, and look at this franchise. They got some life. They're off and running. And I think a, a signing of Colton Wong and let's say they sign Justin Turner. The franchise really, really has some momentum. And you might not think that this Brewers team could be World Series material, but I didn't think that in 2018. And they came within a couple of runs at home in game seven of the NLCS. I don't think the Brewers going all in and trying to compete this season is really as insane as you might think at least when you initially think about it. I think this team is a third baseman and a midseason trade away. Very, very reasonable. Very reasonable. And they could be near the top of the NL this year and next year. That's option number one. It's a good option. Option number two, also a good option. Trade away Josh Hader. I don't think fans are going to be upset about it. I don't think fans are all of a sudden not going to come to the games. I'm going to go to American Family Field this year, whether this team stinks or whether they're undefeated. I don't care. I want to go to a game. I think a lot of fans are in the same boat, so the Brewers aren't going to lose out on any money. Their young core isn't going anywhere. Yelich, Hira, Woody, Burns, Williams, Hauser. That's the young core. They're all locked up for the next few years, so you could trade Hayter this year, get a couple of prospects, and bounce back in a year or two and be ready to go, ready to rock. And they really need prospects, and Josh Hader's value is high right now. Those are my two preferred options. If they stand pat, I, I, I think they could end up screwing themselves in the long term. Let's say the Brewers stand pat. They don't add anybody else. They sneak into the playoffs this year. Okay, and they're beaten by the Dodgers again. We're in the same spot next year on February 5th. Except next year on February 5th, Lorenzo Cain's a year older. Josh Hader's value is assumedly lower. And the Brewers still have no prospects. And we're having the same conversation next year. And I'm about winning titles. I want this team to contend for a World Series. I know sustaining success is great. We want to have as many bites at the apple as possible. But I don't think standing pat at this moment makes sense because we'll be back here on February 5th next year having the same conversation. And I think trading Josh Hader makes sense because we always assume that superstar players are going to get a great return, and that's not the case. right? Look at Francisco Lindor. The Mets robbed Cleveland. Cleveland got two shortstop prospects and an outfielder and a pitcher. The highest prospects that were given up were number 9 and number 10 in the Mets system. Most folks consider that deal a heist for the Mets, and they got a great player. Cleveland didn't really get much for Francisco Lindor. The Arnado deal. The Cardinals got Arnado and 51 million bucks, and they gave up a, a pitcher who at best is going to be a fourth starter or a reliever with a long injury history. Great return for the Cardinals, an embarrassment for Colorado. The Mookie Betts deal. Right, the Dodgers got Mookie Betts, David Price, and Cash, and the Red Sox got Jeter Downs, Connor Wong, and Alex Verdugo. And at the time, right, that, that haul was embarrassing. We ripped the Red Sox. How do you only get Alex Verdugo? That's a terrible move. And now we look back at it a year later and we're like, well, at least the Red Sox got Alex Verdugo. Look at, look at what Cleveland got for Lindor. Look what the Rockies got for Arenado. Nothing. The Rockies got a $51 or $51 million check to sign. 
We always assume that these superstar players are going to hold value and they'll fetch a haul in a trade, and that's not always the case. So it might be smart for the Brewers to just get out ahead of this, get out ahead of it, and trade Josh Hader as much as it pains me. Well, you still can, and well, you can still get a good batch of prospects for him. I don't want to be back here on February 5th in 2022 having this exact same conversation. Let's take a break. We're going to talk to our friend Ebo from The Zone coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. show rolling on my name is grant bills and i am glad you are hanging out happy friday and i hope your weekend is off to a great start uh maybe just maybe you're thinking of making a bloody mary tomorrow morning or sunday morning it's cold outside so you're not going anywhere so make it at home uh and i thought the next guest just perfect ebo who who preaches the good word of the anytime drink the bloody mary would be a good guest today as we uh get ready to embark on super bowl weekend ebo what's up man how are you Grant, uh, I kid you not, uh, the mood did strike as I came home in from work. I did make myself a Bloody Mary, and uh, I got to say, it is delicious because, oh, look at that time. It's any time. <laughs> I was going to say, what time did you get home? Oh, wait, it doesn't matter because it's uh, it's an anytime drink. I'm going to have to get some bloody stuff uh, for this weekend. Before we before we get into the Super Bowl or anything else, Ebo, I have to brag because I had your coworker, uh, your colleague, Zach Heilprin, on, on Wednesday to talk about Jim Leonard and to talk Badgers basketball, and... He called me uh, a glass half full kind of guy. He said I had a glass half full uh, attitude, which normally Zach crushes me. He thinks I'm negative and I hate the Badgers. So I I wanted to share that because that's kind of carried me through a a very otherwise stressful and uh, and busy week. Grant, this is bizarre for me because my sports director, Zach Heilprin, I always view him as kind of having the glass uh, half empty. Oh, for sure. It's it's a nice little little difference. So, Grant, (laughs) uh, Zach Heilprin, Good guy, but sometimes very tough to figure out. Oh my god, he is—he is an enigma. Are you? I can't. I made one comment about the Badgers and how they were annoying me, and I'm paying for it two and a half years later. And that's why this comment yeah. meant so much. He's saying that I like these Badgers. They have a, a tough couple of games: Illinois this weekend and a couple against Iowa. And I—I I said that these games that are upcoming, they're opportunities for the Badgers to prove themselves. And Zach was like, "Look at you! Look at you!" So I, I feel like <laughs> I've impressed Zach today and, and or this week, and, and that was a good feeling. Well, Grant, if you know you're half full and he's half empty, you guys equal out to a glass, so it's beautiful. It's perfect radio. It's a great marriage. That's what I thought. And the segment on Wednesday was was great. Talked about Jim Leonard and and the Badgers a little well, did bit. You see, not to interrupt, did you see Jimmy Leonard uh, from? Uh, I think I read today on the Twitter sphere that mm-hmm. he did the second interview. Mm-hmm. He made it. He made the cut. So let, well, well, let's start there. What do you think of Jim Leonard? You're in Madison. You're closer to the Badgers than me. What do you think about Jim Leonard as the possible DC for the Packers? I mean, just like uh, I would love to buy Jim Leonard an anytime drink, to be honest with you. That man can do no wrong. Yeah, that's fair. You know, the story, you know, coming from small town Wisconsin, being a walk-on, you know, the the All-American who then making a 10-year career in the NFL to then being the, you know, hired for the Badgers, now the D.C. Grant, as a Madisonian, a Wisconsinite my whole life, I want Jim Leonard to take the reins of the Wisconsin Badger football team's head coach. I'm not saying Paul Chris retired, but I want Jimmy Leonard to be there for a while, but eventually Jim... Uh, I'm sorry, Paul Crispy, this for a while, then Jim Leonard take the reins. Grant, there's three things in life that are constant. Death, taxes, and Packer fans wanting to fire their defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could look at myself in the mirror. I don't think I could get out of bed 
after a Packer game where their defense stinks, knowing that I said to myself, man, they should fire Jim Leonard. I can't do that. I don't want Jimmy Leonard to suffer the wrath of the the Packer fans. Well, what if we do this? My pipe dream. Yeah, yeah what, what if we do this? The Packers just rent Jim Leonard. We'll reassess in two years, and if it doesn't work out, he can just come back to Wisconsin. You think that would work? I mean, I'm all for it, but I don't know how that would work with the D.C. who's going to fill in when he's gone for, you know, the Packers or the Badgers, excuse me. But, yeah, yeah I mean, I'll, I'm all for whatever of just appeasing Jim Leonard, yes. Well, let's be real. Paul Christ and, and Barry Alvarez and this Badgers staff have done such a good job the last five years of, of getting defensive coordinators and then inevitably replacing them with other great defensive coordinators like I think they could lose Jim Leonard, and then they'd probably get someone who's just as good. And then that coach will leave and and go do great things elsewhere, too. They've just been really good at finding D.C.s, which gives me more trust in the great job that Jim Leonard would maybe do if he jumped to the NFL with the Packers. I mean, Grant, you always have them, but that was a great point. What it is for the the Badgers is you've seen either Justin Wilcox before that Dave Aranda, you know, Jimmy Leonard. Mm -hmm. There's been a long line of really good D.C.s. And the Badgers also are really good at always having a good defense year in and year out. So there's something about Wisconsin where you have awesome, awesome defense when it comes to the coaches, to the players, and then you throw in the big, you know, Wisconsin bread and fed linemen and the running game. It's always a thing of beauty. Yeah, it is a thing of beauty. I'm, I'm interested to see. I really want them to get Jim Leonard because I think it's it's gutsy. It would be a risk, and I think the Packers like need it. to take a risk. Like yes, exactly. I do like it. And if it flops, okay, fine. You get another one. The last few DCs have flopped. Coaches are, are hired to be fired, unfortunately. I think everybody but needs to remember that. Grant, to say this, uh, I would also like to see Jimmy Leonard as the Packers DC. It would be really cool to see a Wisconsin guy make it. And the longer he does stay at Wisconsin, you either live long enough to die a hero, Grant, or you see yourself become the villain. I don't want to see Jimmy Leonard become the villain here. Let's go to the Packers and see what happens. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all about it. I think it would be a risk, and I think the Packers need to take a risk this offseason. I'm, I'm for sure with you. Ebo, our friend from the zone, uh, in Madison, you do mornings there. I joined your show on. Did I join your show this week on Tuesday? It all starts to run together. Grand time does not matter anymore since 2020 happened. 2021, same thing. Time does not matter. But yes, I did. Uh, what I do recall is 7:40 on Tuesday. You did join me on the airwaves. What did we talk about? And we made magic. We did. I can't we always you do. treat me like that. Unbelievable. What did we talk about? <sighs> okay, I'm gonna be honest. I don't really remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't either. It was probably Jim Leonard and, and some other stuff. I, and I know you guys have been talking about the Super Bowl too. Let's get into that. What have you been Whatever saying about the Super Bowl? Whatever it was, we talked about. Grant, it was beautiful. It was, it was amazing. Whatever we talked about, it was beautiful. It, it always sorry, it always was. And I'm and I'm sure we talked about the Super Bowl a little bit. Like, what have you guys talked about when it comes to the Super Bowl this week on your show? Obviously, it's a bummer the the Packers aren't in it, but it's still the biggest you know sporting event of the year. What have you been saying about the upcoming Super Bowl? I mean, Grant, as a Packers fan, it's the same thing year in and year out. You're lamenting the fact that I can't believe that Aaron Rodgers is not in the Super Bowl. And before that, I can't believe that Brett Favre is not in the Super Bowl. There's only two players in the history of the NFL to have three MVPs and only one Super Bowl. That would be Aaron Rodgers when he gets the third coming up, and the other would be Brett Lorenzo Favre. <sighs> so that's insane. So the fact, it's the same song and dance we do every year as Packers fans. What's going to happen next year? Are we going to get there? What's the inevitable kick in the nuts going to look like? And why is it always Tom Brady? What does what is the it factor? Grant, you're a young lad. Maybe there's a long glass out there for it. Maybe you settle down sometime and maybe you know you have sure. a couple kids. Maybe. My question for you now I'm interviewing you. My question for you, Grant, would be would be how would you explain to your kids who Tom Brady is, you know, you know, years from now? How would you describe the goat to your kids? Oh, Evo, That's what I was talk it, about. you know what's so funny is I'm the least romantic person I know. I have no intention of, of getting in a serious relationship or having kids anytime soon. But this is something I think about all the time. Whenever I see something cool, especially with sports, my first thought is, wow, can't wait to tell my kids about that. I was talking to a friend the other day and we were talking about the NBA bubble. 
and everything that happened and the crazy stories. I'm like, I'm going to be able to tell my kids one day about the NBA bubble and what it was like when they when they concluded a season in Disney World. So I, I think about this all the time. And Ebo, to, to answer your question about Brady, I will tell my kids the truth about Tom Brady, that he was in the NFL for a long time and he maintained and he stayed healthy and he got lucky every step of the way, which helped propel him to just about every Super Bowl. I mean, he won a Super Bowl scoring 13 points, right? That yep. deserves some respect. And I will tell my kids the truth. Grant, you were, you were spot on right there, but I thought about this long and hard. Tom Brady, does he have a lot of luck? Yes, he does. But here's the thing. There's oh, unlucky people in life, mm-hmm. and there's lucky people in life. There's more unlucky than there are lucky. When you have that luck, you need to be good to put yourself in that position to get that luck. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady is good, therefore he put himself in the position to get that luck, therefore Tom Brady's good. Well, here's the thing, though. Well, while we're doing the Brady conversation, because I could talk about this for an hour wouldn't you argue that Aaron Rodgers has put himself in a position to get lucky too? They were in the title game in 2014 and everything crumbled around him. They were in the title game in 2016 by his doing alone. 2019, that's kind of the one year. They, they just weren't as good as the Niners. And then this year, throws three touchdowns, only one interception that shouldn't have counted because of a penalty. Shouldn't have counted because then Will Redmond dropped the interception and then shouldn't have counted because Mike Pettin gave up a 50-yard bomb with six seconds left. Like, I look at Aaron Rodgers' struggles, quote-unquote, in the NFC title game and I see Tom Brady. Got his team there, played well enough, and it just didn't go his way. Meanwhile, I look at Brady, and it's always going his way. Grant, there's unlucky people in life, and there's lucky oh, people in life. Yeah. Some have more luck than others. Tom Brady was lucky enough to have a GM and Coach Bill Belichick that recognizes better defenders, better defenses, better coordinators. Yeah. Therefore, he was lucky to have the better defense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, you, Grant, but you got... my, this is the thing. This is the mind-blowing thing. This is what we always talk about. What? The Packers. Oh, my God. They're the next team up there with NFC championships, like appearances. Mm-hmm. How did it never come to fruition besides once with Rodgers and once with Favre? It's one of those things that will go down in the analogs of man and woman mm-hmm. and everything in between, Grant, of the biggest anomaly ever. And I will tell my kids the truth about it. They're going to go to their little elementary school and all the, their friends will be running around. Oh, Tom Brady's the GOAT. And then my kid will actually be like, well, when you actually break it down, like, yeah, that's going to be my kid one day. I'm going to brainwash him I, with the okay. truth. Okay, with the Grant, truth. you're a lot younger than me. Is Michael Jordan the GOAT or LeBron James the GOAT? Well, see, I didn't watch MJ, so I don't want to speak on no, that. I did. <sighs> Who's the GOAT? I say Michael Jordan. No, I'm not, that's I'm fair. not doing that's this fair. right now, but I'm just saying, my age, my age growing up watching MJ. Mm-hmm. You grew up watching LeBron James. Both are incredible at what they do, but it's all how you spin your own narrative and how you grew up, your nostalgic factor, and your own reality. I'll just I'll just prop, when my kids are one and two years old, I'll prop them up in their rocker and I'll just play Skip Bayless montages. And they can get their Grant, LeBron James, Michael Jordan got info from there. What you there. need to do, you need to have twins. I'm sure by the time that you're, <laughs> that you're ready to bear some, I'm sure by the time you're ready to bear some fruit, you have some twins. Make sure it happens through science. Mm-hmm. Then one kid strictly watches Michael Jordan games, and the other kid strictly watches LeBron James games. And you separate them in different rooms. And then after they're done, just it's like clockwork orange. This maybe child services might be being called right now. Sure. But Grant, then once they grow up, then you have them debate each other. Well, they can be and the next Stephen A. and Skip Bayless, and they can be identical twins, and that would just be hilarious. No, I think you're. I think you're on to something. We're talking about the <laughs> talking about the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. I got to ask you, this is like a personality trait. Like if I was on a first date with someone, I might ask them this. Well, but this might be a second date question. Do you cheer for the team that beats the Packers in the postseason? Like every, every fan has a different approach because I know some fans take solace in losing to the team that eventually wins the Super Bowl. I'm not that way at all. I'm petty. 
screw the Buccaneers. What do you think? Where does your allegiance lie this upcoming weekend? I don't. I really, honestly, don't have allegiances. But if I were to do it, Grant, I'm going to cheer for Tom Brady and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I like to see greatness. I listen. Usually, I don't cheer for the team that beats the Packers. I really, I just want to see an entertaining game. I, Patrick Mahomes is so phenomenal. Like the Chiefs are so good. But there's something about Tom Brady at 43 years old uh, going for his seventh Super Bowl ring. I just, I like watching habitual winners. I like watching greatness. And I know I'm going to have Mahomes to watch that for like a decade and plus. But there's only, well, is there a finite amount of years of Tom Brady? I have no idea. I feel like I feel like the NFL will have a new rule that you could have oxygen tanks on the field and Tom Brady about to only 70. But Grant, I'm going for the Bucks just because I like seeing greatness. And I know I'll get more greatness with Mahomes when Brady's done. Did you not get your fix of greatness in the NFC Championship game when Tom Brady was throwing interceptions all over the field? You, you need more of that greatness Grant, this upcoming weekend? Grant, when I say when I say greatness, Tom Brady has an, is this it factor. Okay. I don't know what it is. Like, yeah, there's luck involved, yes, and there's some skill involved. There's some chiseled good looks. There's a supermodel wife. There's avocado ice cream on this diet. Probably hasn't eaten a carb in 12 years. Grant, I don't know what it is, but he has it. And whatever it is, I want it. So I'm going to watch whatever it is to get it. Do you get it? I get it. I'm, I'm going to be stubborn, and I'm going <laughs> to extend this argument by one more question. If we're talking about greatness, why do we not have, like, who would be a legendary singer? Like, why do we not have Bob Dylan doing the Super Bowl halftime show? Instead, we have The weekend. We would argue that Bob Dylan has it. He's a legend. He's a superstar. But yet we're watching The weekend. Why is that? Do you see what I'm saying here? Okay, okay. Well, yes. I mean, Bob Dylan, yes, has it. But Bob Dylan no longer has it like Weekend has it. Listen, okay. I'm, not a, I'm not the biggest of pop guys, but there's not like a Super Bowl for, you know, musicians and bands. I guess you could argue an Emmy, but sure. when I see some of these people that win Emmys, I'm like, who are you and why do, <laughs> why do we care? So, Grant, I mean, music is so much more subjective just because there's not an end goal to win something. Unless you are for a Grammy, but you shouldn't be out there winning for a Grammy anyways, and you're soulless. Yeah. But at the end of the day, speaking of soulless, Tom Brady could have sold the soul to the devil to get behind me, Satan, and then went off to win the Super Bowl seven times or six times now. But Grant, it's, I feel you, though. By the way, the John Frusciante, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. leading me in. Thank you for that. One of the greatest guitarists of all time. I would give him a Lombardi trophy. Yes, he wrote the book on how to play a Fender Stratocaster. I am hey, a big Frusciante fan. Stadium Arcadium. Because yes. I know we both love the Chili Peppers. Did you know that John Frusciante was inspired by Wu-Tang Clan's 36 Chambers on that album? Really? His guitar riffs. Yeah, I, look it up. I, I hear a lot of things. I don't hear Wu-Tang, but I think I must need to listen to more Wu-Tang. I don't hear, I don't hear Wu-Tang either, but that's <laughs> what I was, I was listening to in an interview of him, and he said that. Well, I mean, now I'm going to have to listen to it a little bit more critically. But, yeah, I know you're a, a Peppers guy, so I had to. I always try to cater to my guests a little bit. And that's why you gotta you got to message me sometime and tell me uh, what kind of music Zach listens to because i have no clue i can't get a read on that man i neither can bro i've known him for god five six years now and that's not longer i have no idea either i have no clue okay well that's our mission he's over a, the next week Zach Heilprin is an enigma wrapped in a riddle i have no idea no he i just know i like him he definitely is i like zach and i like you as well ebo and i appreciate a uh, 20 minutes like or so to too. chat and uh enjoy the super bowl and, and send me a picture tweet a picture of your specific your significant or not significant what what am i your special well, I mean, your version you my wife of the i, was, I mean she's I, right up here i was gonna hey, say yeah. your uh your anytime day drink do you want to bloody mary oh yeah she's coming grant all right what do you want what are you thinking i want a picture of your special bloody mary for this weekend oh my blood okay <laughs> thanks <laughs> hey, grant, i appreciate your time man yeah have a good weekend
Oh, my God. I'm going to get a picture of Ebo's wife. Wonderful. Ebo says on Twitter, I'm hoping we see a picture of his take on an anytime drink, a Bloody Mary. Great. What? Let's get the show back on the tracks. Let's talk more about the Super Bowl just a little bit. I have, I have a couple of takes in me about the Super Bowl. We'll get to that coming up next here on the Wisco Sports. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. Appreciate y'all hanging out. Glad you're here. And I hope your Friday night is just going swell. And you're looking forward to a good weekend. Super Bowl weekend. It was fun to do a little previewing. And I don't really know what we were doing. We were talking with our friend Ebo from the zone in Madison. Six to ten every day on the zone. It's fun to have him on and talk about, well, this is about everything. And I always appreciate a little musical insight on guitar playing and about John Frushanti the guitar player of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who I know Ebo admires and I enjoy as well. Connections to the Wu-Tang Clan, I guess. And it's always nice to hear about Ebo's wife. He just loves talking about his wife, who is beautiful and who he loves very much. His words, not mine. I would never comment on the appearance of another man's wife. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Why don't we? Your thoughts welcome. 608-796-2558. You can tweet at me, at Wisco Grant as well. To start the show, I think I made it pretty clear. I'm excited to watch this game. I can't wait to make some food. I always enjoy the commercials. The weekend is going to be an awesome halftime show. I'm very excited. He is uh, one of the pop artists that I very much enjoy. I'm actually, uh, I do nights on our top 40 station here in La Crosse. That's Z93. And if you're in Madison, it's it's jams. It's kind of the same thing. Jams is a little bit more hip and cool, big city vibe than, uh, than Z93. But we play a lot of the weekend, and the weekend's one of my favorite artists that we play. He's been kicking now for close to 10 years, putting out really good music. And every album is a little bit different. That's the sign of a, of, a, of a good artist who's making quality music is they adapt and they evolve. So I'm excited for everything about this weekend, including the weekend, who's doing the halftime show. I just don't have much to say about this game. Like, I would love to dive into prop bets and over-unders, and I just, I don't, I don't have it in me. I don't. Now, there are a couple of big bullet points, things that I've been returning to when thinking about this game and previewing this game. And it's really just two big questions. Who is covering Travis Kelsey? Who is covering Tyreek Hill? That's what it comes down to for me. And I don't think the Bucks have a great answer for either. Now, remember Tyreek Hill last time, he had like 13 catches for 270 yards, a couple of touchdowns. No one could cover him. And I don't think Bruce Arians, and more specifically Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, I don't think they'll let that happen again. I think the Buccaneers are going to do everything in their power to make sure anybody but Tyreek Hill beats them. The problem is... Travis Kelsey will beat them as well. It's not like it's Devontae Adams to Alan Lazard. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football, and it's not close, especially when George Hill, or not George Hill, George Kittle isn't playing. These are the options. Maybe the Buccaneers could throw a Travis Kelsey. Maybe you could try Levante David, but he grades terribly when covering tight ends. To be fair, as most linebackers would, but Levante David's not a great option. Devin White is even worse in coverage, and I assume that they're going to use Devin White in a different role, probably blitzing covering running backs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Williams. So that leaves maybe Sean Murphy bunting, who's the other corner, and he's terrible against tight ends. When covering tight ends this season, Sean Murphy bunting has allowed 14 of 14 passing into his coverage, 123 yards, and a touchdown. I don't know who's covering Travis Kelsey. And I don't give out betting advice. I don't do picks. But I just got to think, based on the very minimal research I've done, that maybe, just maybe, Travis Kelsey would be a good Super Bowl MVP vet. 
at 13 to 1 odds. At least that's what I saw yesterday. I didn't check today. But if you're looking to put a little money on the game just for fun, maybe Travis Kelsey is an interesting Super Bowl MVP bet for that reason. I don't think Tyreek Hill is going to be allowed to beat the Buccaneers. I think they're going to triple team him, do whatever it takes, which means Kelsey could feast underneath, especially given the Buccaneers' lack of good options for defending Travis Kelsey. I don't, I, I don't see a great route for the Buccaneers to, to stop Kelsey, which is why I think he's an interesting Super Bowl MVP bet. The Chiefs won their first meeting 27-24, to 24, and that game wasn't as close as the final score would make it seem. And that's what Chiefs fans would tell you just about probably their entire regular season. Right? Tyreek Hill in that game, 269 yards, 13 catches on 15 targets, three touchdowns. And if you own Tyreek Hill in fantasy like I did, you remember that game very well. That game was, that game was very fun. This is fun checking my phone. Oh, Hill's got another 20 fantasy points? All right, I guess. I think he finished with like 60-odd points that week, at least in my league with, with our scoring. Fun game to watch. This should be a fun game this weekend. There's superstars for both of these teams on both sides of the ball. I have a difficult time seeing a way that the Chiefs lose this game unless divine intervention happens, which it probably will for Tom Brady. Let's be real. So, I don't know. Maybe I should pick the Buccaneers for that reason. Tom Brady always seems to get... A boost one way or another, like, I don't know, COVID almost hitting the entire Chiefs team from their barber, of all people. You know, just things like that. Casual Tom Brady things. Things that only happen to uh, to Tom Brady. Let's take a break. Coming up after 5 o'clock, we will get back into the Brewers. I want to talk about the Packers, and I want to talk about the NFL, too. I guess the Bears are in some trade rumors today or something like that, which impacts the Packers. That's their division. So we'll talk about that, and we'll hear a little bit from Brett Favre, just because it's fun. Anytime Brett Favre talks, people react. It's fun. It's enjoyable. So let's take a break. Come back, and we will go to break with an Ebo recommended song, The Peppers, off of Stadium Arcadia. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up after this. Black bandana, sweet Louisiana, robbing on a bank in the state of Indiana. She's a runner.